welcome to Mahogany Talks, a safe space where we say what you've been thinking. Some days we may be corporate, and some days we may be your around the way girls. But one thing is for certain, we will always keep it real. Welcome. Hey girl. Good evening. You sound cheerful. <laughs> do I? You do. You had oh. your tab with the voice again. Oh, am I? T- okay. I think it's because I know what we're doing and what we're about to talk about. Maybe that's why I'm so happy. Happy. Right? Yeah. yeah. So everything's everything your way. You already know. It hasn't been eventful for me. Well, just life sure. in general? Sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess I would just say the last uh, week has just been very uneventful. Busy, but uneventful. Which I cannot claim the same thing. So. Mm. It has been pretty eventful. So I am, which <laughs> the best word for what I feel like I've been going through for the past couple of weeks is a roller coaster. And that's <laughs> going to be a great transition <laughs> into what we'll talk about. But it's just but for different reasons, like between everything that I have going on, uh, it's just been a lot that's been happening in the yeah. past couple of weeks. So I feel yeah. like it's been a little w- bit of a wild ride. I'm kind of mm-hmm. ready for the holiday season to calm down, possibly, mm-hmm. and just chill. Mm-hmm. And see, that's where we differ. And, you know, you and I have talked this week and um, last couple of weeks um, for you, and it has been... Um, somewhat of a roller coaster. Oh, well, not somewhat. It has been a roller coaster for you, but uh, I can't agree with you and say that I'm really ready for the holidays. The holidays um, for the last uh, year or two um, tend to bring me down and I'm trying to get out of that, which ties into <laughs> what we're going to talk about again tonight um, and what we've been talking about. Uh, so, so what's a will um, well in that case you're correct i'm thinking more about like the speed of things and everything that i've had just from different angles hitting me and i want something to just kind of slow down and be still for a change mm-hmm. um but that's more of what i'm referring to for what you're referring to you're correct like i don't look forward to that once i'm still then my brain starts to work into overtime oh gosh girl it's such a lovely thing I know. Sometimes I tell like you and you know my other friends, I wish I could turn my brain off because my brain is always going. I'm constantly in my head thinking about something. No, oh, always. Yeah. So I I totally get that. Um, our very first podcast. Well, excuse me, our second podcast, technically, um, got a lot of traction, a lot of comments, but the most popular one um, really with with at that time. And so and that was the dating 35 plus. A lot of people wanted more information like they wanted us to talk more. I think it was like a 45 minute, 50 minute podcast. And so we're coming back kind of back in that relationship category this time. And I think that's going to be interesting for sure. Yeah. For sure. We're, it's, I, I know I'm kind of, like I said, a little peppy because this is a topic that is near and dear to me. Uh, so well, it's I'm, both of us, to both, to of, both us, of us, honestly. Um, and so I would like to say, and I'm going to speak for Nadira as well, that, you know, we're going to be as transparent as possible. Um, so uh, keep that in mind, but we will not say any names to protect the innocent and the not so innocent. <laughs> <laughs> what is innocent (laughs) that's a joke that's a joke but Mm -hmm. um we will we'll be as transparent as possible because it's hard to be vulnerable it really is it it is hard to be vulnerable i will add on to that uh everything she said plus not everything we talk about deals with 
a specific person. Sometimes it's just, just yes. things that we have added on to our thought process or mm-hmm. maybe through other conversations that we've had with other friends and we've realized like, oh, their situation was a little bit different. So, I mean, sometimes people will hear things and they'll come to us like, hey, What's what that was you? that about? Was it? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking yes. about me? And it's like, yeah. maybe, but maybe not. Like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you're right, Nadira. And I should have said that too. So thank you for saying that. I mean, we don't always talk about things, things that we have experienced. We talk about things that um, friends have experienced, the people that we have encountered, have, insp- have experienced and, and it's expressed to us. So um, yeah. So don't think it's all about us because my life is a little dull, especially no, right now. No. I said, right, I said so- right now. I said right now. (laughs) I'm not commenting. I will not comment on that part. So, Madura, you want to tell our Mahogany Talks family what our topic, our next two topics will be? Yes. So we are going into the roller coaster of series and we are kicking that off with the roller coaster of heartbreak. Um, and it will follow up with the roller coaster of love. So I'm excited about today, again, with the roller coaster of heartbreak, because uh, our transparency has helped us to flourish a bit. And I kind of hope that it may do the same for some other people, other friends that I've talked to uh, on this particular topic, whenever they've been going through things. I know that it helped just to hear that they aren't alone in those particular feelings. Um, so yeah, that is it. The roller coaster of heartbreak. Yeah. And I agree. I think that um, this topic has evolved a lot for us, um, if that's the right word, um, with us talking to each other as well as talking to, to others. And I feel like, you know, with dating 35 plus, so many people could relate. And I feel like with um, the roller coaster of heartbreak and the roller coaster of love, it will be similar to dating 35 plus. My hope is that something that we say like resonates with with you and makes you um, think. But also, I mean, it might make you question us, and we'll we'll take that too. Oh, I take all questions. I don't. I don't consider myself like a uh, relationship guru. There's oh, plenty of no. them out there. Uh, but am I a heartbreak guru? Don't dang never. <laughs> I've had my heart broken enough that I feel like yeah. Bit of a pro at this, but it's it's also about uh, what what did we miss? You know, Mm -hmm. because like I said before, some of the things that we talk about comes from conversations with other people, um, and like all of us coming to these kind of conclusions together, or a light bulb goes off in our head because of that. So if we've missed something, then yeah, that could be there might be a roller coaster of heartbreak part two. You never know. Mm -hmm. There's a lot for this title and not a whole lot of time, but. Um, The reason that we chose the title roller coaster is really because heartbreak is not linear. It's not something that you can just push through and be on the other side. Oftentimes when you're in the throes of it, uh, it can go on and on for some. And maybe some some have a short roller coaster and others may have a much longer roller coaster. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, so, you know, it's, it's up to that individual and how they handle things and how they see life and whatnot. But the roller coaster is because it's, it's a ride. It's a journey. Um, it has its highs and lows, its dips and turns where every now and again, your stomach will drop and every now and again, you'll feel like you're on a high. So that's what a roller coaster is. And to me, that's what heartbreak is. Yeah. And I was going to definitely say the the highs and the lows and the dips and turns because you never know around every corner. One day you're high and then one day all of a sudden here comes that dip and mm-hmm. you didn't and you didn't see it coming and and that's how it is typically when you're on a roller coaster ride. So, you know, maybe pick up another uh 
yeah, another comparison. It's like riding a roller coaster in the dark because you're right. You can't see the turn no. that's coming. You really don't know. You have no idea. And you, you know, you, you wake up and you're like feeling good, smelling good, looking good. And you're walking along and then all of a sudden, boom, drop, dip, turn. <laughs> like, where is that coming from? How did that happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's crazy because, you know, you're on this roller coaster um, of heartbreak and you're trying to think about how you define this heartbreak. Yeah. And um, I feel like it's just so many different ways that you can define the heartbreak. Um and there are different kinds of heartbreak. Does that make sense, Nadira? Like, oh, it makes perfect sense to me. Because I think where we get into trouble is where someone tries to define my heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like, if I say I'm heartbroken, then I'm heartbroken. Like, you can't change that. You can't. You can't redefine it. You can't lighten it. You can't do any of that because as I define my heartbreak, that's what it is. So, what do right. you define as heartbreaking? What do they define as heartbreak? What what I define as heartbreak, somebody else may just call a stumbling block. I'm like, oh, well, let's get over it. Yeah. It's not really heartbreak because you didn't really, did you really love them? It probably was just lust because, you know, if you think about it, you experienced this. And when I experienced this, this is what it was. And it really wasn't heartbreak. I mean, I was a little sad, but it wasn't heartbreak. You can't tell me how to, how to feel. See, it almost slipped. (laughs) (laughs) I can't I didn't even okay I didn't even catch that yeah but it's true though it's like I mean it's we need to validate each other's feelings in this, and this is just you know there's two sides of the good friendship one is at least validating the feeling what that person feels and the other good friendship is the one that helps that person move past it or at least they want to help that person move past it quicker because Mm -hmm. the way we're about to describe it uh, the heartbreak that we're going to talk about it's not a pretty place and no friend wants to see another friend right. in that place. So sometimes they do that. They, they kind of redefine that heartbreak or lighten it in the essence of trying to get that person to move yeah. on quicker, but it's not going to always be helpful. Yeah. And so, I, and yeah. I agree with you because when you do have close friends and they see you in this place and especially if they've never seen you in that place before, because, you know, for me over the years, I've experienced heartbreak. And in one particular situation, I've had my close friends say to me, I've never seen you like this. And so when mm-hmm. they do see you in this space, they want to help, but they don't know how. So I, I agree with you and they want you to hurry up and come out of the space that you're in, not realizing that this is your process and your journey and you have to do it in your own time. Absolutely. And and in the initial stage, I don't think that's necessarily needed then anyway. I, I think about my best friends, which everyone got an introduction to my best friend in the last podcast um, and her sister, our other best friend. But there was a particularly bad heartbreak years ago. Oh my God, years ago, it feels like now. Um, but I, I had a pretty bad time of it. Like I, I had to leave work early. It was like, it wasn't good. And they showed up and they just sat there with it. They just listened to me snot cry and <laughs> you know, justified what I thought that I, I, I felt what I thought that I, that other person felt for me and how could I have been so wrong? Like I was just going into like a rant and they just listened mm-hmm. and I needed that in that moment that I needed to get out what it was that I was feeling. And I felt very safe with them as I always do, but yeah, very safe with them just to get that part out. And I start to say later on, they didn't help me to see past the initial piece, but in, 
in that initial time frame, I just want to tear up some shit. Use the expression. Or not. Because it's a... Oh, wait. I don't condone that. <laughs> <laughs> but it might be a part. So, but it just may be a part of what someone's feeling, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But then there's also, like, just because someone's heartbreak isn't that extreme, where they're, you know, it's not crying and drinking or all the things that can happen, you know, maybe it's a little bit lighter. Maybe they were only dating for a few months and they feel yeah. something. It still makes sense to, to learn how to process that and move forward because this is such an important topic to me because when we don't process, when we don't learn from a situation, we don't, um, I think I might've mentioned this in the Dating 35 Plus, uh, we don't identify our triggers <laughs> of what yeah. happened and how that might trigger us later on. Like it, when we just repress it, it shows back up mm-hmm. and then you become that toxic person that you've all, you've never wanted to be. Yeah. And I so, think that's getting into yeah. like later on when we go, you know, down the list of the process of heartbreak, that, that right there, that piece, oh girl, I'm gonna need you to repeat that. Write that down and say it again. Cause people gonna need to hear that again. Okay. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Th- we, yeah, we're gonna need to hear that. Not just them, me too. <laughs> we don't have well, to- let's get into the whole list because I don't want to <laughs> talk their head. I think I'm like, what list? What's the list? Kind <laughs> of go through the levels of heartbreak. I think about the levels of the love. So mm-hmm. when you're only a few weeks in, like I'm not saying there's no such thing as love at first sight. You know, 25 year old me would have been a lot stronger in the pro love at first sight kind of person. But yeah. but you know, there are some that will fall very fast, very hard. So it may feel it stronger in the in the beginning but Mm -hmm. the longer you're with someone the more the the depth of your feelings that you have for that person to me determines the depth of the heartbreak Mm -hmm. so that's a really simple one-to-one ratio uh if I like you a lot like I said like not love but if I like you a lot and you do something that hurts ghosting we talked about that in the dating 35 plus right but the ghosting or you know or maybe you you cheat on me or find out you're talking to somebody else like I'm gonna hurt and I'm gonna hurt a lot but I'm gonna probably get over it quicker but when I'm like all in Mm -hmm. I've started planning the wedding in my head kind of person those things happen oh that heartbreak is going to take much much more out of me so It's heartbreak is grief. And I don't know if anyone has recognized this before because it's a loss. Mm-hmm. So it, we call it heartbreak for a reason. You've lost something. You've lost something that you've wanted. So even people that are in toxic situations can be heartbroken because they initially wanted it. If they, if they wanted to leave it on their own, uh, which is another kind of heartbreak, that's the kind of self-imposed heartbreak. That's another level to it where you break your own heart to get out of a situation. I've had to do that before as well and it hurts just as much and you yeah. have to you have to still process that because you initiated that but it's possible that that has to happen at times so but it's grief and grief has a process if you're thinking about losing someone a loved one um friend family member and the way people pro- well you know we know our our lovely brown people we don't process grief too well either so if we don't process grief well then how are we going to process heartbreak? We tend to want to throw it in this category of just get over it and move on. And it's, it, I've just seen where that's not healthy. It's, it's definitely not healthy for me. Yeah. And I like how you said grief, depending on the level. It's like, it's like death. It's like losing someone. So you go through all of the stages of grief mm-hmm. um, during heartbreak. I know I, I did. And so with that, you have to 
acknowledge where you are. And you also have to realize that every day is not going to be the same for you. And I mentioned earlier, I mean, you you could be wake up and like I said, you're feeling good, smelling good. And you you feel fine, but something triggers you to make you remember that individual. And then all of a sudden you hit um, this moment of sadness and you're grieving that loss and you don't know where it came from. So definitely I agree with you about um, the whole grief aspect. Yeah, and I th- we're not going to go deep, deep into grief, but uh, I, I do encourage people to look up the process of grieving, and you'll probably see some similarities in that process to what we're talking about, but this kind of grief is a little bit different because we're talking about like romantic love-based heartbreak, so grief itself does, is not limited to a heartbreak scenario. It's very broad, right. but mostly applied to any kind of severe loss, like you could grieve the loss of a job. You can grieve the loss of a home. Um, the, so there are different you know, things that you can grieve and heartbreak is one of them. So I think it will sound very familiar to the how to work through the grief. So when we walk through this, this little quick process and we could make it much, much deeper, but again, this is our podcast and we're trying to quicken it up just a bit. But Key and I had this conversation a while back, um, well, about two years ago, maybe. Well, I started this conversation about the evolution of heartbreak, the roller coaster of heartbreak, because of something that I was going through, and um, and we I were, sorry, and I was in the stage of life where I was just madly in love, and I just could not really give my all to this evolution of of heartbreak, roller coaster of heartbreak. But but anywho. she had her thought. It's true, she was anywho. still in the midst. She was still in the midst of love at that oh, time. Yes, but she had, you had some really good points. Like, I'm not going to dismiss the things that you were able no. to help out with. And one of those was what we came up with was just like this process of R's. And so we're not going to go through every R that we had talked about before because, you know, we're also talking about the possibility of a book. Like we're just going to drop that nugget. But uh, we are going to talk about um, about five R's. I want to say it's what we're going to cover today. And the first R in heartbreak is realization. So this is that moment um, that you recognize that you're having a heartbreak. So you have to understand uh, what that may look like for you. What is it? So for me, when I'm recognizing it, um, I, it is characterized by uh, sadness. Actually, I have a very physical reaction to when my heart is broken. And if you can relate to this, you key or you, the listeners can relate to this by all means, tell me. But when I and in the beginning of a heartbreak, I literally feel my heart aching. And that's the part like, that always got me. Like It's a physical reaction for me. My heart rate will go up. My chest will tighten. Um, yes, there's tears and things of that nature, but I'm talking about like how my body just reacts. Yeah. That lets me know that something has happened. It's mm-hmm. like something was ripped from you that you didn't expect to get ripped from you in that moment. And so you just feel... Like I've gotten nauseous before. It's ridiculous how physical it can be for yeah. me. And I agree. So I do. I have all of those as well. For me, um, I can't sleep. So mm-hmm. there are times where when I was going through the process of my um, heartbreak, like I would be at the gym at two o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep. Mm. Um, I also have headaches. Um, I'm one of those where when I am upset about something, I don't eat. So there were times where Ooh, I could I go. 
<laughs> I wish I had your problem. Yeah, I am not, I'm not an emotional eater. So there were times where I would go two or three days and not eat and not even think about, oh, I haven't eaten today. Um, so I am with you where your body responds in a certain way to the heartbreak and what, you know, and what you're experiencing at that time. And like you, you know, the tears, I'm really funny about tears. So um, I don't know if I've shared this or not yet. I don't like being vulnerable. And so I don't cry in front of people often. If I cry in front of someone, then you know, like I am really, really upset. And I think maybe when my grandmother passed, other than that, I don't really remember crying in front of people. Typically, I have a secret place that I cry and I will share with you guys. It's the bathroom. Because I feel like no one's going to come into the bathroom. You lock the door, you sit there, you cry, you come out. And that's what I do. Oh, absolutely. And I, I absolutely wish I had your problem in not eating. I am an emotional eater. So for me, it, it is the exact opposite. I'll start stuffing my face. I'll make myself sick. And I won't, it's, it's, it is literally like a binge within that moment. And it's a binge of anything. That could be food. That could be alcohol. Um, that could be of movies. Like I am just, whatever I do, I do to the extreme in that moment because I am in my highly emotional place. I am yeah. very vulnerable um, and I try not to show it. I try to, you know, bring it home and, and be in a private place, but it doesn't always work for me. I'm also a, really an overthinker. So in my realization phase, I am replaying every mm-hmm. piece of my relationship or situationship that I thought was a relationship, whatever I had, oh God, I replay it over and over. Like, was that the moment that I should have known? No, I should have known then. Like, but he said he loved me. Mm-hmm. Like uh-huh. all of these things, like, how could he kiss me like that and do me like this? How could he meet my mother and do me? Like all of yeah. these things start running through my head when I'm in yes. that, that, I'm just over, overthinking. And usually I have, in my earlier times of realization of heartbreak, I've gone through very, very bad habits. Like I said, I, I would um, turn to that demon alcohol, but that demon alcohol <laughs> was the only thing that would shut my brain the F up or would allow me to like process it really quickly. And then I would get to the point where I pass out. <laughs> Why you sound like an old Southern Baptist preacher right there and talking about that demon alcohol? Girl, because it was that demon alcohol, honey. I was, it was, I wasn't like, drinking as an alcoholic but I can't if I needed something to help me sleep that's what I would take because I could not sleep like you said I, if I did not do something I would not be able to sleep yeah. and I wasn't taking like melatonin I was going straight to the alcohol so and I, it's not healthy I recognize that now but you know this is me in early 20s and late 20s so there were a lot of unhealthy practices going on there. girl oh my god but our point is to recognize it. You don't yeah. dismiss what it is that you feel. Um, it doesn't matter how long you've known the person. If you have some of these kind of reactions, then you're probably in, the, in that initial stage of grief and heartbreak. Yeah. And you realize it. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Some people don't. Some people will just, you know, attribute it to whatever. And they're like, no, it's a visceral reaction for me. And I, I acknowledge it every time. Because it leads to the next stage. You want to introduce that next stage? I was going to say, I'm, I'm letting you hit, hit these R's for me. Oh, you okay. You want me to hit you it? You got it. Mm-hmm. To me, that hits that next stage, which is rock bottom. And not everybody hits rock bottom, right? So um, my rock bottom will look different from someone else's rock bottom. Like I talked about 
alcohol and binging food, but it could also be additional things, right? But rock bottom is where you really, you don't see yourself getting any lower than you are. Girl. You start, you know that, like, why do I feel this way over this person? You start, um, that self-blame starts to come into play a lot there. And when you are mad at somebody else and mad at yourself. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> it's, it's awful. There's nowhere you could be. You're just like, you're telling yourself to get over it, but you can't. And it's like the, the it's almost the, like wait, it's almost like you hate them and you hate you. <laughs> yes, yes, I hate you, and I hate me for hating you because I shouldn't even give you any of my emotions. And yes. so because of that, I'm going to be here at this point. Like this is rock bottom is, can be very prolonged. Like mm-hmm. um, again, for me, rock bottom matches the strength of whatever I felt for that person. Right. Um, I've had rock bottoms that have only lasted a night where I had my little binger and the next morning I woke up kind of like that waiting to exhale moment. You wake up, the sun's shining and the birds are chirping and you're like, well, that was that. F you, F you, who's next? (laughs) Who's next? (laughs) Moving on. Um, And then I've had some rock bottoms that have lasted for, mm, I don't even know Mm. if I want to be that transparent right now. (laughs) Yeah, so we've had some rock bottoms that have lasted quite some time, and we're just going to leave it there. We love you guys, but yeah, some stuff we're going to just not share. I'll keep that time frame for me, uh, you know, in case someone is listening and they're thinking, I wonder if that's me. I don't want want to give anyone power knowing how long I had hit rock bottom. Honey, you know what, though? At this point, I really don't care Um, because the healing process... It has been good. Mm. Um, I feel like, you know, yes, when you hit rock bottom and it's extended period of time, I always say it's in the valley that we grow. And so for me, I would say that my rock bottom has really allowed me to self-evaluate um, and to, to grow. Um, but it's also humbling. And sometimes you need to be you, you need to have that humbling experience. And so um, whether it's a long period of time or um, a short period of time, the experience for me now was worth it. And I feel like people who jump from like one relationship to the other and they don't allow themselves that time to heal and mm. grow, they continue to perpetuate cycle. And you continue, they continue to break people's hearts because they have not worked on or, or fixed what um, their part in the heartbreak because you know we know it's not one-sided so you it's know not. that it's not just you they but played their feel part that too way. it oh will my feel God. that way because you will feel like someone has done something to you so yes. it will feel one-sided for of whatever lifts it on, yeah. Well, it will. It will feel like the blame is there, unless you're in that again that that place where you're also now pointing the finger at yourself, like blaming mm-hmm. yourself for not yeah. seeing signs or recognizing, or I should have listened to so and so, or I should have left me. then. Like yep. I should have left then. I knew like, all of the things that we start telling yeah. ourselves, and it actually feeds into the next piece because I don't want us to miss out because we're talking about it a little bit mm-hmm. um, with rock bottom some of those really strong um, reactions that, that really mostly happen in the rock bottom phase. Um, 
and that have almost a false sense of I've gotten over it. So that's kind of what you were talking about. So yeah. some of these will give you this false sense of I'm, I'm over this. One of them is rage. Yes. So some people tend to think that their anger means that they're over it. And that's absolutely not true no. because rage is them still having some kind of power over your emotions and what right. people do in heartbreak and rage. Honey, I, I have, I've seen almost all of it, but heard of quite a bit um, from stalking, um, uh, which, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a classic one, you know, ride by this house and see what they doing or let, let me just go back. Let me click on their Facebook page and, Oh, by the way, they they seeing somebody else. Let me click on her, on her page, page too, and then you're like, <laughs> And I knew he was dating somebody else. Then the rage hits. I've seen busting windows out cars. I've seen uh, some of everything. I participated in some of those things. Not me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Well. I- I have never keyed a car. I have never messed up or destroyed anybody's property. I will say that right here, right now. Because it's just not my personality. I might have felt it. Ooh, there have been some time. Uh, from Jasmine Sullivan's bust the windows out the car to, what's my country girl? Um, who was it her name? So she slashed a hole in all four ties, dug her keys into his leather seat. Oh, honey, that's one of, that's one of my favorite breakup songs. Y'all want some apple uh, juice? <laughs> What? <laughs> that was me. I, oh. look, that was me transitioning. Like, mm, look, mm-hmm. I'm letting y'all know. But I'm what I'm trying to do right now is validate people's feelings, though, right? Because oh, even though I've never that. done any of those things, I have sat here and I have thought about doing. Well, all of them. There have been so many things that that could negative things yeah. that can happen from that so yeah. it's i wouldn't recommend it but let's just be honest I, we know we do people do it Mm-mm. so we, we know we got limitations now yeah. but that that rage that raw emotion um that you feel like it, a lot of people act out on those emotions and you can't take it back you can't take back what you do Mm-mm. you can't take back what you say so nope. yeah i i just don't think rage is the right thing yeah, and that's one thing about rage. And I, I tell people, you have to really be mindful of the things that you say. And I have gotten to the point now that I really do think before I speak. I just don't verbalize everything that I'm thinking because like Nadir just said, once you put it out there, you can't take it back. And later on, you know, even if someone forgives you, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they're still thinking about what you said. And also, you know, on top of that, you've said it. Forgiveness doesn't always mean reconciliation either. So them forgiving you don't mean they're going to come back. So just keep that in mind, too. And there's just a thought that I've had um, when it comes to rage. Before we move to the next one, because I know we could stay here for a little bit of time, too. We probably could have done an episode on each of these just alone. Yeah. But think about rage as like being this raw emotion, right? It's, um, it's anger. It's a feeling. So rage is temporary but in the moment when we act on it you know that's that's not temporary what you what Mm -hmm. happens from rage uh, is not temporary now resentment is a little bit different than rage so you can internalize those emotions of anger emotions of anger and rage if you internalize that it becomes resentment Mm -hmm. and you can't necessarily move forward when you're in the level of resentment because if, if I'm just in this temporary moment of rage, you know, let me take some deep breaths and talk to somebody like you were just saying or, 
you know, read a book or listen to a favorite podcast <laughs> or, you know, uh, read the Bible, whatever you feel like mm-hmm. you have to do. But you could get past that. But again, that resentment is a little bit different. It's an internalization of it. And that is the danger of rock bottom. That is why I talk about rage with rock bottom, because a lot of people end up internalizing their rage and their anger and it becomes resentment. And whereas an emotion can be fickle and you can move past it. If you internalize it, it can, it can impact your quality of life for years to come because you're right. bringing up that issue, that anger, that emotion, that rage from somebody else into mm-hmm. something new. So I just right. wanted to make sure I kind of mentioned that because it'll it'll come back up in, in a moment. Uh, but the next part is another one that I want to make sure we touch on, and that was uh, resignation. Resignation, how I see resignation is when you hit rock bottom and you're in a, that, that self-loathing state and no one's ever going to love me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I, they never loved me in the, to begin with because no one's ever going to love me. When you start to, you just resign yourself to just be alone and unloved. And now you're, it's just a, that's a bad spot. And if anyone is honest with themselves, they felt it before. Even the most confident a person may have felt that, you know, this person did this to me. Again, we're still in the blaming stage here. This person did this to me because I am unloved. I am mm-hmm. unlovable. Excuse me. I, I'm, I'm not, not worthy. It. But, yep. Yeah, there you go. I'm not worthy mm-hmm. of their love or anyone else's. So there's this level of resignation to say, you know, you're not going to ever love again. No, it's just not true. I, I do believe we can make ourselves or open ourselves to it again. It might not be the same kind of love, but we can open ourselves to it again, right? But it's, I've, that resignation is where you walk around mopey. My, my friends are probably like, yeah, we know Nadira in that state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you walk around a little bit mopey, a little bit sad, but that's a rock bottom. It's a rock bottom feeling mm-hmm. of just, it is what it is. That's when you have that favorite love song on repeat, kind of like uh, what's her name on uh, the Cosby Show? The flowers have died. There is no morning dew. This is Vanessa. Vanessa, that's it. That's it. That's it. That and that that's me in that stage. Like I have my favorite movie. Um, I have my favorite love song and it's like it's on repeat and uh I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. Nadira there was one particular movie uh, on Netflix and I was like you have to watch this movie it <laughs> reminds me it reminds me of it and it's just it's so perfect it's right it's just yes so right. I remember and I even like videoed I, I t- like took my phone and recorded this one part of the movie and I was like this is it this is just so deep and so profound oh my god over and over again all we're doing is is internalizing it's all we're doing i make it so bad i have a whole playlist of songs so whenever i'm in that stage man there i could probably name a few off the top of my head i might just link the playlist i might make it public and link it just so people can like not I don't want to make anybody sad because this playlist actually was designed to help me move past my stages. So it was a positive thought behind the playlist. But when you hit those songs and you recognize them for what they are, that's one thing. But if you continue to listen to the playlist, it's supposed to bring you out. So like the songs get progressively better. Anyway. Like Nuck If You Butt? Nuck If You Butt's up there, right? Nuck If You Butt. But what was, it was a Keisha Cole song uh, that kind of brought me out of it. Anyway, I'm not going to stay here because I don't want to uh, give away all of the songs and I don't remember the exact order of all of them but woohoo 
Okay. My resignation songs, honey, they will have you in your feelings. Why well, I need it's you to good. add nuggets, but <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple more we can probably add too. Yeah, let's add some more. Let's mm-hmm. get it going. I'm ashamed to say how many songs are on this playlist by now. Oh. And quite a few of them got Tony Braxton in them and oh, Tamar. Wow. Like they just some Braxton girls. Anyway. Yeah, bless their hearts. <laughs> bless their hearts. And all the parts. next rebound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rebound. Rebound. This is another we're we're still kind of in that rock Whew. bottom in my in my opinion. I don't know if you feel differently about that, but for me, yeah. Finding a rebound person is really not healthy. <laughs> it's not because you haven't completely healed. And I will speak for myself, it's like you're still in love with that person. Mm. So you're still in love, you haven't healed, and now you've brought this other person in your chaos. Oh, absolutely. And you are, for me, trying to make them into the person that is no longer there. And you're mm-hmm. comparing them anyway to the person mm-hmm. who's no no longer there. So again, mm-hmm. they're in the middle of your chaos. Or it could be a situation where, well, I mean, we all grown. It's a rebound and all you want to do is just scratch your itch. And you just want it's to go okay. home. But but in the meantime, that rebound done fell in love. Oh, God, girl. And now you the a-hole. <laughs> Well, and I, I think, you know, in, in those situations, though, when you do have a rebound like that, you have to be very, very honest and transparent and set boundaries. Now, granted, what I have been told in this time that it is still difficult because even if you're being transparent and honest, you know, feelings come into play and you do end up being an a-hole at the end of the day because, mm. you know, that person has now caught feelings and you have said to them a thousand times, I'm not looking for a relationship. I just got out of a relationship. Uh, my ex hit the bar kind of high, blah, 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 all that. <laughs> and then they're like, no, 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 I understand. And then you find out they're in their feelings and you like them and you, you know, and they're really, they're a nice person. But you're just not in a stage where you want to move forward in a relationship because you're not ready. My thoughts about the rebound person, and they, you can rebound for different things. Like some people rebound thinking they're going to go into another relationship, in which case you're absolutely right. Some people rebound just to get like another guy that they're talking to or girl, whomever, you know, mm-hmm. another guy or girl that they're talking to because that takes up space so that person is a rebound person not because they're looking for anything other than someone to take up their mental space right um and then sometimes that rebound person is for sex right Mm -hmm. right so maybe you and your ex have really good sex and you like Mm -hmm. now that that's gone somebody need (laughs) somebody need to come hey i got a link i'll get drop a link for some of these new vibrators um anywho Um, somebody or something right it's such a dangerous time to have sex with somebody else because you're still vulnerable, mm-hmm. but you don't know it. Like, it's under the guise. Oh, no, you know of, it. I'm, mm, not all the time. Some people are like, yeah, I'm over that. I'm going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> and then they do that, and they either feel guilty, they feel down, or they initially, they just, um, they immediately attach to the other person. Yeah. Like, it's so many different unhealthy things that could potentially come from that because it's still under the guise of I've moved on, right. but you haven't yet. Yeah. So we're talking about specifically about the rebound person, the one that you really don't have no intent of ever really being with. You're really kind of using that person to just get over somebody. I don't want to say using because, well, yeah, well, mm, sometimes it is that is the case. You never have any intent on being with them. But then there's sometimes where 
you really like the individual, but you know, like right now is not the time for me to be in a relationship or with anyone because I am still trying to um, fix what I have going on internally. Well, see, I think if you think that though, then you are aware and you aren't in rebound. So what you just described to me is self-awareness. If you're telling that person that, you're like, nah, that not right time. Like we could talk, we could chat, we could kick it, we could do whatever, but I'm not into anything else. I think that sounds like an awareness, but if, if someone is doing it as a means of making themselves feel better, yeah. I see that as rebound. I, I guess I'm adding it in under rebound because like I said, you still are in love with this other individual. Mm-hmm. You still have strong feelings for them. And then it might be a situation where in your mind, you probably still think y'all gonna get back together. So, you know, just thinking about all of that, but real quick, I will ask and maybe, um, our family who's listening later on they can answer this question as well if that is the case and you you feel this way um, about rebounding do you think it's better not to talk to anyone um either you know male or female or whatever while you're in this this stage because it does end up being a situation where you might end up being the butthole and do i think it's better or yeah, do yeah. i think it's best honestly i'd say yes even though i know I've, i haven't always practiced that part mm-hmm. uh but i think that it is better because that that will give you a chance to do what we'll talk about next <laughs> but if, if you actually separate out at least for a time give 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 some time that I don't always see rebounding as bad it's just when are you doing it if and it what what are your motives I think it's what uh because when I've what I've had uh, a positive rebound experience um my motives weren't necessarily negative toward that person Mm -hmm. or you know like I wasn't trying I wasn't setting out to use that particular person. I was really trying to move on mm-hmm. and opening myself back up to what the idea of what love could be again. So when this person came into my life, I wasn't necessarily trying to use them. I was it, very similar to what you were just describing. I was much more honest with them up front. Um, I, I knew what I could and couldn't take. Mm-hmm. Right. So it it was much more honest. And then I've had those others where it's like, no, whether it's just a conversation or more, it doesn't matter. I know that it that that person's feelings were not top of my list. Right. And that's right. And then if I did that very soon, like within days, weeks or even uh, sometimes even months after a heartbreak and I hadn't had a chance to do what's next on our list. No, it was never a positive situation Mm -hmm. um, for me or for them. Right. Because I had so many, I recognize, I feel every emotion that's ever existed. (laughs) I'm one of those people. So no, until I'm in a, a healthy healing place, I think it's best for me to steer clear for some time. Um, but I had to learn that. Is it best yeah. for everyone? I can't say, but I, I definitely think there's a group of us out here that it's best for. Like, don't don't go straight into anything else. Girl, yeah, yeah, because you do end up hurting other people, and you know you don't want to do that. And you were talking about the the next stage or or phase, and I'm going to say that is retrospect. Um, yep, where you actually think about what your involvement in the relationship breaking up was um understanding the why did it end Mm -hmm. I know that you know when you 
first start um, the process of heartbreak or when your heart is first broken, you tend or I, I can't speak for our other family members, you tend to place the blame all on that person. Oh, well, he, you know, like you said, he didn't really love me anyway. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he was just playing a game and I knew I should have left a long time ago. And it's always the pointing the finger of what that person um, has done to make the relationship end. But when you finally get to the point where you've gone through the stages of heartbreak and you get to retrospect, you as an adult think about what you, the role you played in that relationship ending. And I know like for me over the years, um, just, uh, thinking about how either I could have communicated better. Um, I could have not been so jealous. I could have not been in my head so much. Could have uh, not been as moody. Uh, <laughs> you know, just things like that. And you, th- you think about that and you're like, okay, you know, that this is the, the piece that I played. I can't control the piece that they play. They have to take ownership of that. Let me take ownership of this. Absolutely. That what you can take ownership part of is very, very important to me because I can't change how somebody else may have felt about me. Mm-hmm. I can change how I communicate certain things. Like I am highly emotional. So yes, maybe I may get moody. Yeah. But if I know that about me, how how do I communicate that better to somebody else up front? Like, you know, hey, there may be times where I am a bit moody. It may not even be you. Like Monica said, it's just one of them days mm-hmm. that a girl goes through. It might not have anything hey. to do with you, you know? So, yeah. but I need to be better at communicating that. Like, you're right. What can I take ownership of? And to me, what I know I couldn't take ownership of until I started to go through this process, this, this retrospection process, were my triggers. Like, and and not reacting to them the way I was supposed to. I was a bit too compliant and complacent and I should have been more confrontational. So I'm not saying confrontational as in always starting fights because I don't believe in arguing in fights. When I say confrontational, I mean calling people out in mm-hmm. a moment that I feel something or I recognize something, my instinct of something, I, I will just kind of, hmm, push that down. No, it was a red flag. You need to say something. Right. And that was my trigger. Like that's the thing that I was doing, especially when I really, really, really love somebody. I will hold on, hold on, hold on. And so if that person ends up breaking my heart, I'm now pissed because it's like, I could have, I could have mm-hmm. called out all of those triggers all the, the whole time. If it was going to end this way anyway, yeah. I could have went ahead and been honest to myself yeah. and called them out, you know? So to, that's one of the things that I learned in my own retrospection of what can I take control of be more vocal, not mm-hmm. argumentative, not confrontational in a negative way, but yeah. vocal about what I see, what I hear, what I don't like, what I like. And I think that that was something that I had to learn. Accept that in this retrospection piece that I'm I'm doomed to take that into the next relationship. And I think for me, because I, I like what you're saying right now, is that you don't say anything because there's a fear, or for me, there was a fear of that person leaving because you vocalized something that is concerning, um, that's bothering you. So it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to hold on to this. And then when it ends anyway, you're like, well, dang, all this crap been bothering me all this time and I've been holding on to it. And I mm-hmm. burned the toast and you like, peace out, I'm out. <laughs> it, 
Thank you. Thank you. It's like, no, we have to find healthy ways to communicate with each other. Um, So to me, again, that retrospection, to be able to learn about yourself, not instead of pointing the finger at that person, because whatever they did, they've done and they've gone. They ain't going to change nothing. And here's another um, realization that I had to come to. You probably won't get an apology. Oh, no. (laughs) Because they don't feel like they've done anything wrong. And they don't, and and in my mind, they don't care that you are heartbroken because either they have already moved on or to them, you no longer exist. Mm -hmm. So you no longer exist. Yeah. You don't deserve it. Yeah. And so it's like you have to figure out how to be okay with not getting that apology. And you also have to be okay with um, not getting the closure that you feel that you need. I know like for me, um, the majority of my exes, like I'm cool with. I know that sounds crazy. Um, To me. But like in some capacity, not that we just like, we go out and we hang out and eat and stuff like that. But like every now and then they might call or they might text. Um, and be like, hey, you good? How you doing? How's the family? We have that kind of relationship. And then there might be a situation where you, you might not get that um, in another heartbreak. So that's one thing that I can say, although the relationship ended like bad back then, as we grew and, you know, over time and age, it came to a point where they did come back later on and they were like, oh, well, I'm sorry. And you know what? If you ever get that, I think that's a beautiful thing because that that helps in the healing process when someone is able to do their own on their mm-hmm. own side, do their retrospection mm-hmm. and realize like, you know what? I should never did that girl like that. Or I should never did that dude like that. Yeah. And they decide to apologize. That's a maturity thing. It is. Um, and it, just, it doesn't happen too often because it doesn't and it makes you feel good it does make it makes you feel good it kind of validates you a bit mm-hmm. but it also may, may put you in the place where you get that apology from them but you can now that you've done some retrospection like that's a great place where you can now apologize for the to things them that you know you brought to exactly. the table exactly you know so uh-huh. It should be a two-way street if yes. you taking some time to to reflect on that. Yeah. But I will say, I don't think that happens the majority of the time. It doesn't. My opinion. Oh, no, um, it doesn't. And it, you can drive yourself crazy waiting for an apology that will never, never come. come. Never. <laughs> Apologize to yourself. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you will. And yeah, that doesn't happen often. And that's not like every single ex that I've had. But I've had that, you know, that happen. And like you said, where I could say, you know what? Thank you for this apology at this particular time is something that I needed um, because I was feeling like either low or I wasn't feeling like I was the people person that people thought I was. And then they come and they give me this apology and I'm like, oh, I needed that. But like you said, on the other end of the spectrum, I could go to them and say, you know what? I accept your apology, but you know what? I also need to apologize to you because this is what I've learned and what I've realized about myself during the time that we were together. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But that takes some serious retrospection. Yeah. And that goes into what we were going to talk about. Like, what did you learn? Like, what, what did you learn from the heartbreak? I know for me over the years, like I said, I've learned so many different things and, you know, just thinking about how I viewed myself. Sometimes that was an issue. Um, Mm -hmm. And I talked about like not feeling worthy. Like when you break up with someone, you feel like, you know, you're not worthy of their love. But sometimes you can be in the relationship and think like, oh, this person is too good to be true. They're so wonderful. I'm not worthy. 
enough to be with them and that can drive a wedge and you don't realize it or or thinking about how um, in whatever profession that they have like for me I've always um, dated people who have been in some type of a spotlight and so they are around I admit like beautiful women all the time and so not feeling like pretty enough and thinking like oh I'm kind of jealous of blah 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 and so realizing that about myself like okay you have to get out of that because one they gotta work because I like nice things and <laughs> <laughs> I like vacations and stuff like that no but um but it, at the end of the day they have to work to sustain and their livelihood so um as long as that person is like now if they're validating me and i'm able to express to them how i feel and they are understanding of that being okay with whatever they're doing outside of our relationship and when i say whatever they're doing i'm talking about like in the capacity of work and having to interact um with different mm-hmm. people i agree that could be uh, how we see ourselves. We talked about that a little bit in our fitness fallacies piece um, about, you know, just how we view ourselves when we're not at our optimum and how that mm-hmm. may overflow into certain aspects of our relationship is what we're talking about now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think that a lot of women have this on some level. Most women, even the most confident of women usually have something that, oh, if it could just, if I could just change this, mm-hmm. oh, I love everything, but I don't love my laugh or, you know, that happens uh, quite a bit. But I think was when we start to uh, project our insecurities into our relationship is where wow. it really will start to go bad. And, and again, that's it right there. This is a very important thing. It's like, mm-hmm. do they even know that this is an insecurity of yours? Do they know why? Right. As someone recently um, again, because I, I put myself back in the dating pool. Everybody knows that from dating 35 plus if you listen to it. So I've dated off and on, you know, had conversations, a lot of conversations. Um, but someone in the midst of a conversation, they asked me the question, do you have, um, he, he didn't say image issues, but I can't remember the word he used now. But basically he was asking, do you have uh, issues with your I- image or confidence about your image? And I was like, you know what? Yes, I do. I'm not going to run from this because this is this is a moment of clarity for this person to understand where it comes from. It's not that I don't think I'm not attractive because I do think I'm attractive. Right. You know, I'm a bad mama jamma, you know, cutie pie. You're the reason why. I I know. (laughs) Cutie pie. You're the reason why. Yes. And like, I know, I know that I am attractive. So that's not necessarily that. It's just what I have is deep rooted and I don't realize it even when I'm having conversations that it may come out mm-hmm. how I take a compliment if someone says you look beautiful today and I might start making up excuses like oh no but this doesn't fit right or yeah. you know this is where it starts to show and I'm not recognizing that so that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying like when I when I do the retrospection piece and I start to realize okay there are missed opportunities and that was the piece that I learned the yeah. most like I I had missed opportunities to truly honestly be vulnerable but to just be honest and so in that moment I was afraid that if I said yes if I admitted to that that this person would not want to continue to talk to me but they did and I don't know if it's I don't know I can't say for their reasons why but I know that I felt better for being honest about it so it's it's where I've learned and where I feel like I've grown in this um in the in the, the concept of relationships 
Mm-hmm. And what I feel makes me stronger, I hate to say that heartbreaks make you stronger, but every time you go through this retrospection, I don't need a heartbreak now to go through that. I'm so aware, I'm so self-aware that it's like, no, nah, you ain't got to break my heart again. Matter of fact, I'm not going to give you an opportunity if I can help uh, it. Right. Uh, I'll control it as much as I possibly can because I'm so in tune. Yeah. But it was this process um, that helped to get me there. So, and you know, I encourage others to do that. Sorry, I mean to cut you out. It's no, funny fine. that you mentioned the whole bringing the insecurities in your other relationships. So I will be very transparent. In one of my relationships, I did bring my insecurities um, of, like you said, just like not feeling pretty enough. And so that fed into the relationship and it caused um, issues. Um, and I recall them saying like, I am not going to continue to deal with these insecurities of yours like I'm doing everything that I can to like show you that I'm here and that I'm for you now granted I brought that you know and and now that you think about it it's like how do you fix this moving forward so that it's not an issue when you decide to date again how can you um, explain this to the person that you're seeing next time and explain to them how they can help you because yeah, if they don't know they don't know what to do they can't they can't fix it they can't help you and have those conversations early on because I think some of the time the problem is we we may have the conversation but it might be too late now we're already in love at this point mm-hmm. and now when we have that deep conversation and they're like no nah, I don't want to deal with that like but who like, caused that heartbreak like mm-hmm. we could toss it up in the air of who caused it, but it's like, dang it, if I had just been honest with these kinds of things early on, and if they had dipped early, then I may not have been this this low. Yeah. Uh, and it will do something to uh, your confidence. Let's just admit, anytime someone dips or ghosts or all of those things, it it, it, does. it tugs a bit um, at someone's confidence yeah. because you don't know, especially if you don't know why, like if you don't get the apology or even if you just don't get the explanation. Um, Not everybody will give you an apology and not everybody will tell you why. Some people will just leave. And so you're left with this this hole and you have to feel it. You have to understand yourself. And I think that is what's going to help the healing process even more so than hearing what the other person may say because they could or could not be telling you the truth. Sometimes people tell you what they want you to hear. Yeah, Um, it may feel good. Yeah, and you have to realize too that what closure looks like for you might not look like might not look the same for them. So they might feel like they yeah. gave you closure. That's absolutely correct. Such a good point. Yeah, yeah, they might feel like they've yeah, given they you. Like, they, yeah. yeah, they might feel like they've given you closure, and then they're gone, and you're sitting yeah, here they be, like, they'll be like, <laughs> no, I just had this funny thought. They be like, hey, I gave you closure. Remember when you sent me that really long text message, and I wrote back, okay. <laughs> I gave, I thought I gave you. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so tickled at the thought because you're right. Someone may see that in their mind. It's like I, I wrote back, cool. I wrote back, cool. That was my closure. I ain't got nothing else to say. I ain't got nothing else to say. So, so what you want? And then you sitting over here playing LSG. I need to see you one more time. I need closure. So, <laughs> like, come on. Um, but you know, you brought up a good part, and I think this what we're talking about now you know goes into what can you do differently next time and you started talk you started talking about that when you mentioned um letting them know early on um in the the early stages of dating um what they can do to help you um letting them know your triggers um 
expressing to them like what your needs are but also asking them what their their needs are and I would even say taking it a step further you know for me there are things from you know your childhood that we all bring into relationships and so making sure that you're transparent about that yes you know people say oh that was a long time ago but still the things of the past have a way of showing up or rearing their heads later on in mm-hmm. life. So you you definitely want to let them know about your your childhood um, or things that you've experienced again prior to them. And let me say because when I was listening to you talk and I was thinking about how you were reflecting on what I said, uh, I want to make sure I'm also clear that when we're saying move on and do differently, we are referring to when you're in love again. So you're, you yes, know, or when you're trying to. How much you want to reveal up front is definitely going to be up to you. Um, and how you where feel. Where you're comfortable uh-huh. and how you feel. Exactly. Where you're comfortable, how you feel. But I get, I got to the point now at the age that I am that it's like, I am ready to be, I'm ready to call out things in real time instead of letting things linger. Now, somebody else might not be there yet. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly fine. It's, it's, you'll get there in your own time but this was just the realization that I came to so yeah. someone else was like I don't want to I don't want to scare them off either well if they scare that easily let them be gone well I'm not saying bear out your soul <laughs> on the first date when you pull up to uh to Sullivan's and you sit down and you're like okay so let me tell you this when I was two I, I'm not talking about that <laughs> I got a visual and I'm I'm over here trying not to laugh too hard in this microphone but I just got the visual of uh, coming to America when mm-hmm. they were at the bar. Mm-hmm. And a girl, like, you don't want to bear your soul. Like, guess what? I worship the devil. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. we're not talking about that part. But as you're growing and you're determining whether or not you like this person enough mm-hmm. or all of those things, like, you know, just decide for yourself mm-hmm. what is most important for you to reveal up front. Um, Versus what you may want to hold on to, but also recognize anything that you hold on to and reveal later on, they're subject to their own reaction. And I think they are, they are allowed their own reactions. Like we can't expect that, oh, we've held on to this for 12 months and now I'm going to tell them about this particular thing and they're supposed to be okay with it. Well, they might not be. And we have to understand that that's a human reaction. They may come to us with that, right? So, you know, do they come in 12 months later? Like, oh, by the way, give you some tidbit of information and you're like what you're like hold up why didn't you tell me that before now yeah oh by the way um i'm going to have a uh uh, yeah i was about to say i got i got a a daughter that (laughs) you're like what 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 you mean you got a (laughs) three-month-old or 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 they come in and they say oh by the way i know i know i forgot to tell you but uh um yeah i got a wife you got a what Mm, i have the right now to refuse this relationship (laughs) (laughs) i'm not obligated to stay Uh, you know hey Oh, the things people reveal like there are some yeah. things you should not hold on to <laughs> yeah. some things should be told up front Definitely. I'm going to move on from that because uh, I will go so, down a rabbit hole and then you have to also get to the point where you are thinking about like what is life like right now without them like, because at this point you have gone through your your phase or all the different stages and you realize look we're not getting back together He he or she ain't coming back okay so what is this life right now going to look like without them there's no more christmases there's no more birthdays they are now having christmas and birthdays thanksgiving kwanaka hanukkah whatever with other people what is mm-hmm. what is life going to look like how, how are you the ball. Have- <laughs> that's right <laughs> all right 
we good over here, but we good. We good over here. We ain't always good over here. So let's let's admit <laughs> because when when we're thinking what you're thinking, especially when you know that person has moved on, or mm-hmm. you find out that that person has moved on, um, and so they they are having happy. Mm-hmm. birthdays and holidays and um, and you not and you not or yours just aren't yours don't look like theirs right, right? but yeah in that moment in a heartbreak moment you're feeling like man like they, they've moved on and I need to find my own happiness again too so you're right yeah. so you have to start seeing what life was like um without them and odds are you're if you remember who you were before you met that person yeah you know you'll realize like it's not that bad like that's that that's that light hey I um I did all right without that person before. Yeah, they added to my life for you know for better for worse. They added to my life, but if I did okay without them before, I darn sure can do okay without them again, and maybe even better because now there was something I came to the realization of. I've survived one hundred percent of my heartbreak. That was like a light for me. Like oh yeah, like it might this is gonna hurt. It's painful. It's sad, but I've survived one hundred percent of them. Not everybody has. So that's another. Very sad realization uh, that not everybody has. Some people have very different reactions yeah. to having their heart broken. Um, I take that as a positive for me. Yeah. And I think this is where your friends come in too, because like for me, thinking about what life is like without them um, typically has been tough like throughout the years. And so my friends have been able to help me see like, as far as like doing different things with me, like, okay, no girl, you getting out of bed today. Your butt's going to get up, take a shower, brush your teeth, comb your hair, and we going to go out. Or um, they are the, okay, let's, tra- let's create new traditions. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're with somebody for an extended period of time, you, you, you come up with these um, traditions and things that you normally do with them. And then you're thinking about it and you're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And I know like holidays are really big for me. And so that's where you lean on them to help you remember what life was like without that individual. And I'm grateful for Facebook memories. Yes. Because I've, I've seen some stuff in Facebook memories, positive things, not dealing with the person I was with, but dealing with the life before. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I, had, I used to have fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to be, life was a party. And so can I be that person again? Like, yeah, that person is still there. It's just, I've, I've got clouded because this someone else was in my life for a time frame. Girl, some and of those memories though can go to heck. Yeah, well, some can, but most, I be, I'll appreciate them. But I, I also like to ask the question of like, what when you ask this question and you really think about it, like this is what I think people will start to have some really interesting answers. Mm-hmm. Like what, what did they bring to the table that was so awesome? So when I'm in my deep throes of feeling sad and I'm like, what is it that I am truly missing right now? Like, what is it that was so yeah. awesome about this person? Because that's when I'll start to think about like things that ne- weren't ne- like, okay, well, that might have been awesome, but that wasn't. So mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily trying to uh, only think about everything that was great about the person. I'm asking myself what was so awesome because I start to identify what it is I'm truly missing. Yeah. Is it that person or was it something that that person did for me or to me mm-hmm. uh, or with me that was so awesome? Like, oh, this person was um, comfortable. Like I could yeah. just sit and talk with them for hours and feel like really comfortable with that person. Like that's a wonderful thing to feel. You know who else I feel that way with? My friends. So <laughs> yeah. like, so what was that awesome 
that I feel like I can't move past it, right? That's where it becomes a question mark for me. Or what was so awesome about this person? Like, he made my toes curl. You know what else can do that? Mm -mm. The right vibrator? Girl, (laughs) let me tell you. Uh, Look, shout out to Tracy Dog. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Google her. Oh. Um, Yeah. I'm about to get on Google. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody ask yourself that question. What was it? That was so. Uh, what did they bring to the table that was so awesome? Yeah. Start to identify that because then you'll be able to truly identify what you need to get past that person. And Nadira, what you're saying right now actually goes into what does it take to get back on track after hitting rock bottom? If you think, mm. if you think about it, true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's how do you get back on track? You take all of those pieces. To be quite honest with you, take the, what you've learned about yourself. What you uh, your heart stops are like knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what your triggers are, mm-hmm. um, knowing what you truly actually miss about that person. Yeah, but some uh, not everything is going to be pretty. I remember one time when I was doing that and I asked myself what was so wonderful, and I was like, mm, his kisses. Well, I can't kiss my dang self, <laughs> so Ew. obviously, obviously, yeah, that's a loss. That's a loss. <laughs> I can't do that. Yeah, I and I, and you know what I've been thinking about, and I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and what he said was he was talking to me about capacity, and it really resonated with me because I thought about um, like certain people that broke my heart, and did they really have the capacity to receive all the love that I had to, to offer, mm. and so. Um, in the moments of hitting rock bottom, thinking about, you know, yes, I poured out, I poured out, I poured out, and I had all this love to give, but they just didn't have that capacity to receive that love. And so, you know, although I take ownership for my part, I realized that probably wasn't going to work out anyway, because they just didn't have the capacity. Their their vessel could not hold all of this greatness. And that's such a beautiful thing to state because when you go back to the whole idea of retrospection and we're not pointing the finger outwards of starting with that that phrase that you just said that that person may not have had the capacity to receive all that you were trying to give Mm -hmm. in that particular relationship who's really at fault because sometimes we will pour and pour Pour and and pour pour and and they're like it's too much. And yeah. we're just like, I'm going to keep giving you more because eventually you'll just catch up. Yeah. <laughs> that fault is mine. Like yes. if, if someone doesn't have the capacity to receive the love that I want to give and I have been there. Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. I know exactly what uh-huh. you're referring to. Yeah. And I am just giving. I had a nerve to tell someone like, you know what? If I love you, I love you. And I'm just going to have to love you till I can't anymore. Like that, what kind of toxic? What kind mess? of toxic shenanigans is this? Shenanigans and shenanigans but, is going on here. But you know what? And I, I had an ex say to me, when are you going to think about yourself? And mm-hmm. to this day, it resonates with me. And I think about that often when it's time to do for others. So, you know, um, and we're going to talk about the the roller coaster of love next time but um that relationship was just uh although it's over just so wonderful and I took that away towards the end the when are you going to think about yourself and it has put me in a different headspace because whereas before now I'm still giving 
don't don't get me wrong I'm still giving I'm still loving but now I do say no more and I do worry about Kedrian more than I worry about others whereas before it was always other people other people other people and I thank him for that at the time it hurt like crap like what do you mean no but now I'm like you know what you're right it's time for me to think about Kedrian and meet Kedrian's needs what it takes to get back on track sometimes right it does I think about ourselves yet you have to be selfish to get back on track and selfish is is a word that has a negative connotation to it but we are allowed to think about ourselves yeah um you aren't attached to anybody and one of the things in in the cesspool we call dating (laughs) when someone doesn't accept the fact that you are trying to work on yourself or they're um you need time for yourself or you all those things like recognize them to be what they are they are triggers that this person doesn't necessarily care Mm -hmm. they're only trying to get from you what they want from you and if they really appreciated what you were trying to do for yourself they would engage you in that conversation Mm -hmm. that's healthy someone that doesn't will will start to place blame of you know you can't come over here or you never want to see me like all like well look like i've told you the reasons why if you can't accept those and you're right, maybe you should move on. And yeah. I feel much healthier doing that up front than after everybody has gotten feelings and whatnot. So, yeah. and that's what we call avoiding toxicity, people. <laughs> avoid at all costs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Avoid being toxic and avoid letting toxic people in yeah. your life. But let's, so let's after, move to the last uh, one. Yep, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, so now that we've realized, um, We've gone on the different phases. We talked about rock bottom and realization. We hit that good old rage and resignation and rebound. Um, reminiscing. And I know mm-hmm. that sounds funny to have that in a roller coaster of heartbreak. But after you've gone through all the stages and you have started the process of healing, you start to reminisce. And you do that for for several different reasons um for me is okay i've now gone through this stage and i'm ready to to date and love again and i'm thinking about all of the good things of previous relationships um and those good things that i want to take into the next relationship if that makes sense um but you know reminiscing can be bad too you know we talked about that nadir reminiscing is a dangerous place Especially if you haven't had a chance to to do that retrospection yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> to kind of ask yourself the hard questions, because if you start reminiscing and you only remember the good, and we let me say the caveat to this, we are we're laying out these kind of like stages of heartbreak, but I think I said it in the beginning. If I didn't, I will say it now. These are not linear by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, heartbreak is messy. So you you can start at any place. You may start at rock bottom and not even know why you're at rock bottom. You haven't even hit realization yet. Like, so it's, it's all over the place. Right. So there's a, there's a possibility that you can reminisce about somebody before you've had a chance to, to do the retrospection. Right. And that's a dangerous time to reminisce because when you're only remembering the good, you're still in a headspace that it can be different. And um, I feel like one of the most dangerous emotions during heartbreak is hope, hope that that person will come Mm -hmm. back, hope that, you know, you haven't truly lost the thing that you loved or whatever, or, uh, you know, that hope that that person will come back is is probably the strongest one, but the hope 
Um, and when you only remember the good, the hope is the strongest because you want all of those good things. You want the feeling that you got when you were with that person. You want um, how they looked at you, how they kissed you, when y'all would go out on vacations, um, when y'all were laughing all of the time. Like these are the great moments and you're remin reminiscing. And so if you get hit with that, what text key? Hey, big head. <laughs> <laughs> you no. get hit with that text order, and you been I, reminiscing. Look, order, I miss you. Mm. Oh no, no, no! It could just be a good morning, beautiful. Good morning, <laughs> good morning, beautiful. All of that, beautiful. <laughs> but when you get hit with those, like out of the blue, the randos, like you thought they broke your heart, but then here they are back again. Or, or you texting because you know you you hit number with the mm -hmm. hey big head no, kind of text. That's why I delete numbers. I delete. Delete, delete. I will, I will, and I, I hate when I do it because I'm like, dang. But it's also so good for me because I, I will. Mm, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But it's, it's. But if you do that, if you only remember the good before you've had a chance to understand that there's a lot more that was involved in that, then you run the risk of repeating the cycle all over again. and breaking your heart all over again and breaking your own heart over and oh, that's why hope is so dangerous uh -huh. because you'll put yourself in the hope no one's giving you hope but yourself right uh -huh. you put yourself in that hope scenario and then as soon as you realize your hope has led you nowhere you break your heart all over again and you yeah. may hit rock bottom once again and now you're going through this cycle of realization rock bottom reminiscing hope rage rock bottom reminiscing hope so yeah you can rage at yourself too. you're right because that's one of the things <laughs> yeah Rage can come into place and rebound comes into place. Like, oh, I'm so tired of thinking about this person. I just need to date again. And next thing you know, you're out there, but you're not really into it. Like, do you see where it gets really dangerous to rem reminisce yeah. only the good without really taking well, stock, really having that retrospection? Yeah, and I take it I a step. Yeah, and I agree. And I take it a step further. That rebound could have you end up back in their bed. Mm. And then mm -hmm. in your mind, like Nadira said, you feel like, oh, there's hope. And you done broke your heart all over again because he just hit you up because, you know, or she, because they just wanted to have another role in the sack. But yeah, so the sex may have always been good. And then you catch your feelings all over again. Like, it's just so mm -hmm. dangerous. It is. Because you haven't had a chance to just sit back and think. So then, now do you see why? This is what I wanted to reflect on when I said rebound is like, I don't necessarily agree that it's something you should do because you're right. It could give you hope um, if you're rebounding back to the person. And I don't judge. Let me put this caveat in there because Nadira has gone back <laughs> and back and back for thirds. Might have hit some fourths and fifths up in there. I'm just saying. Yeah. I am nobody's saint that I speak from a place of knowing, not from someone standing up on a pedestal looking down at everybody else. I'm getting the blue ivy face right now, looking down at everybody like, oh, look at that. Mm, that's messy over there. Mm -mm. This is from what I've experienced yeah. right here. And I know that we all have our reasons for going back. You may go back and you actually, it ends up working. Like it could happen. That's, you know, it's like, oh, dang, that worked out for them. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but is that going to do the, uh, is that going to be there for everyone? No. no. And I think yeah. if you get a chance to, do the retrospection you'll understand yeah. why it may or may not work for you yeah. but i do know that everyone has their reasons for going back and their reasons are their own their reasons are not mine to judge it's just if someone is finding themselves in a cycle i'm going to kind of 
put that in there like well have you thought about mm-hmm. you know this yeah. because i want to see people out of the cycle yeah. and so what of we, and so what we would say is just be careful because we hate to see our our family breaking their own hearts by repeating the cycle and rebounding but reminisce could be a good thing too and i know when i think reminisce i i do think about you know after the healing process so like for you nadir because you are back in the dating um pool or back on the dating scene like reminiscing and thinking about back on the scene with a pocket full of green back on the scene (laughs) wow and I was thinking gangsta lean. Ooh, ooh. Um, That'll work. You know, when you are back um, on that dating scene and you start to make your list. So like, for instance, I used to have a list. I still have a list. I'm just not actively dating. And so when you make your list and you're thinking about, um, or you're reminiscing and thinking about all the good um, from whatever relationship and you're taking that and you're writing it down you're like oh I want to bring that uh, into this relationship like for me I'm a flowers junkie and so I love flowers now I don't care where you get the flowers from so don't be thinking oh I got to go to John's florist every time to get Kedrin and a bunch of roses that's not what I'm saying you can go to Walmart and get me some of them good 5 I'm gonna be happy because I just like flowers so you know I take that into my next relationship where I want my man to bring me flowers or so, you know, you do think about those things when you reminisce. That's true. Of what you want to take forward, Mm -hmm. what was nice. And if you had to add it to the list of things that you would like to be in the next relationship, that that would be one of them. But mine is um, connection. Uh, That's a non-force connection. Yeah. Um, And that's a harder thing to kind of pinpoint Mm -hmm. because it's something that kind of just, happens like you can't say that I see this potential in someone you're kind of waiting for that potential to happen yeah um but that non-force connection feels good it's such a good feeling because that person does feel like a lover and a friend mm-hmm. and not just a lover or not just a friend like because you know I got plenty of friends so I want someone that's both like that's just it's such a weird place to, to kind of be um the openness someone that's open and and that can receive good conversation Mm -hmm. um that's adult enough to have those kinds of conversations that won't run from them yeah uh it's it's a those are the kind of things that i i definitely appreciate to be able to do something as simple as sit out by the fire pit enjoy a drink uh and have just a talk about life yeah ups and downs together i know it sounds like old people ish but i'm like man that's some good feeling stuff yeah. right there as well as uh you know someone that you can take a vacation with right so and that when you guys go on vacation together you explore you have fun and you actually do things like you know someone that can plan a vacation like i get it so there's some positive things yeah. that i can look back on all relationships mm-hmm. or situationships or whatever it is yeah, that, you that you draw from that's it there's something that I would I would like to come yeah. forward, and there are just some things I'd like to leave yeah. behind. Oh, definitely. And when you said that, it's funny because I was sitting here thinking about just being able to sit and sit and share the silence with someone. And I know people are yeah. like, you know, oh, that's so awkward. But it's just something about just being at peace and knowing that that person is there, um, and like you just acknowledge each other. So. You know, mm-hmm. they're there, it's quiet, and you're just like, oh, hey, 
I know, oh, I know you're there. Let me, let me rub my, look, rub, rub my hand across your head and just like go back to my little corner of the world and do my thing. Um, oh, yeah. So you definitely miss that. And then just having somebody to like encourage you where you have all these bright ideas like me I'm always like creating something in my head or wanting to do something and um sometimes my execution falls through and just having that person to push you and saying okay babe you know you got this you can do this or how can I help you so definitely wanting to bring that um into the next relationship whenever that comes my way there's definitely a lot of positive pieces and uh, I think when we do get a chance to talk about the that roller coaster of love piece as well, mm-hmm. we'll get to see how those how those play in. Yes. Because there's a lot of stuff that we want from a relationship, and the danger and the roller coaster of love is trying to like jump on all of that up front. Yeah, this has been good. Um, hopefully helpful to our family. I'm um, talking about the roller coaster of heartbreak. I'm excited about uh, the roller coaster of love. Um, yeah, what? because love can come after heartbreak. Again, yes, there there will be the point in the heartbreak, in a strong heartbreak, where you may feel like you'll never love that way again. Why you gotta be all dramatic though? Uh, because <laughs> I am, I am drama. Okay. I yeah, know. but you're right, and yes, but love can come. You know, after heart. Love can come well, it does. It always does. We don't. It, it will come if you allow yourself to be open to it. Yeah. Um, so, but you have to, you know, process that heartbreak so you can truly yes. embrace love for what it is. But love is a beautiful thing. It is, but not only process it so you can embrace love, but process it so that you can heal because you don't want yes. to take um, any of that baggage into the next relationship. Because we mentioned cycles. Or in your life. Well, yeah. Or, or in your life. Or in your life. Because the next relationship might not be right around the corner. It might be a few years away. Right. So how are you going to live your life in those years if, if you're, you know, constantly sad? And again, this is coming from mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the most highly emotional person, someone they know, a cancer woman. So, but if you're constantly sad and yeah. heartbroken, how can you really even be open to love? So... Let's get past it. Let's get yeah. let's get past what it was and get into what could be. All right. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys listening, and I will say that um, again in the valley we grow. That's right. And we'll see you guys on the next episode of Mahogany Talks. Toodles. Later.